Welcome back, y'all, to episode 105 of the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short-form podcast, informing as well as entertaining you. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. Today we're going to be covering a pretty heavy topic, and it's something that I've been tracking, but I kind of died deep within the last few weeks on it. And it's going over what happened in Iran this September with Masa Amini. Masa Amini, she is, she was Kurdish, she was 22 years old, and she was going out for any normal day. As a result of the impact of the new laws that were implemented within Iran on October 15th by the morality police, these laws indicated that a woman's head must be covered by a hijab, not allowing any loose hair. The concept of the hijab really comes from the Quran, indicating the importance of modesty of women. Masa Amini would step out of her home September 16th and be apprehended by the morality police of Iran. The morality police of Iran have been known to be very strict on what's being said and done for females. The enforcement of the hijab is something that is very important and it's a result of is a result of the president this time Ribahim Rasim. Now, he is considered to be an ultra cleric, and he dates back to having a lot of influence with the Iran government. Um, He initially created the enforcement from the morality police on August 15, 2022. This enforcement would indicate, like I was saying, the importance of hijab. Although this is a combination of 40 years of um, Sharia law implemented within the Sufi culture, Masa Amini would be the flashpoint that invoked and created a lot of unrest within Iran. Some are even saying that the unrest, unrest, the civil unrest that's currently facing Iran is equivalent and more than what happened during 1979. This created the Iranian revolution of 1979. So, Masa Amini is the woman who sparked that. Now, there's a lot of allegations coming out about what happened and a lot of footage. There are multiple reasons why this is such a fascinating case, very tragic case, and all of the indicators and influencers, social media, etc., social unrest, kind of cooking and making the perfect melting pot for this flashpoint to erupt. Masa Amini now, her death sparked a lot of civil unrest and revolution currently within Iran. And, you know, during her funeral, you know, it kind of created that unrest. And what happened is hundreds of people, hundreds of women went to her funeral and in protest took off their hijabs and started cutting off their hair. Um, It's very emotional to see this. But as a result of these movements, there have been multiple things, multiple civil rests happening within Iran at a really high number 
Um, and the different indicators that are going on is that, you know, the government has shut down all social media, no communication. And this is something that is currently happening now. And as a result of the Arab Spring, which was really prompted on Twitter, one of the first things that happened during one of these civil unrests is the cut down social media. And it also is not allowing Western media in. Um, the United States government and Iran do not talk. There's no Western media currently in Iran. So the stories that are coming out are ones that are really being trickled in through different avenues of the media um, and different aspects of it. A lot of correspondence, a lot of gauging what's happening on social media, you know, in, you know, social apps like TikTok and Twitter kind of providing it. So it's been it's those are one of the really interesting things about it. But from what's happened is, you know, this has prompted so much outrest. If we're kind of looking at it right now, some of the figures, a lot of watchdog figures have indicated there's been at least 16,000 different protesters going on within Iran. And currently, you know, there's been about 520 students arrested. There's been 140 universities that have seen protests done. And currently what's happening, too, is there's a lot of murders. There's a lot of killing going on within the government and a lot of things that are transpiring. One of them actually, and it's becoming more global and a big thing that happened today actually was the Iranian soccer team did not sing the national anthem as they played England and they would lose 6 to 2 they were they were standing in protest of what's going on with Iran and we've never seen anything like this you know the government is so powerful and to see these kind of things happening at this rate is something that is just preposterous you know, and that's why it's really interesting that to to look into what's going on. And if we look kind of at the updates of what's of what has been happening, when I look through um, the critical threat website, they've been covering a multitude of the attacks that are going on. And some of the the key things that take away is that you know certain commands on the IRA, the protest movements are really being exacerbated by the people they are at a point where they're so galvanized as a result of Masa Amini that they are now going in and knocking off people's turbans so as as a defiance of the Iranian culture they're knocking off people's turbans their hats covers Women are cutting their hair off in the street. Men are shaving their heads. The protesters are even even creating one of the first incidents of the first Ayatollah in Iran. His house was converted to a museum. They burned it down. I mean, the numbers for who has been killed at this point is really difficult to say. We have a lot of watchdog organizations going in and, and really focusing on those numbers. I mean, we're looking at some numbers right now that go to at least 342 people have been killed in this incident. I mean, that's according to the Oslo-based Iranian Human Rights Organization. And some of it has been children, 43 children and 26 women from security forces. Some people even say 400. So... As of November 19th, 402 protesters 
have been murdered as a result of standing up in defiance for not wearing these hijabs, having freedom within the culture. Um, you know, and I hate to get a little bit preachy, but when you think about you could be killed for showing your hair as a woman, I mean, it really puts a lot of things in perspective about where we are currently and where they, you know, where the United States, you know, when you think about the importance of freedom um, and how that can just to not take it, take it for granted. Like I'm reading this and I'm just really stunned that these kind of things are happening and women are being killed just because they're not covering their hair. The, the government, the government is putting out means for morality police to tell women how they need to dress based on modesty within the Quran, which can be interpreted any way. You know, looking through some of the scriptures, it doesn't say that they need to be killed for it, but modesty is important. And the women are still wearing their hijabs, or they were. They just weren't, you know, sometimes their hair would be showing. So we're looking at kind of, you know, different people. You know, we're looking at 58 children, you know, ages between the, you know, 11 to 18 you know, in protest for what happened. And I think that the importance of this story is it's getting out there. And I really wanted to cover it because we're just not getting a lot of information, on my opinion, in a lot of media forums. Um, and, and it's like, you know, this isn't going away. And one thing about, like, looking at the information, looking at things online, there's so much intensity in the Iranian people's eyes when they are at these protests, you know, they, they, and it looks like they are not backing down, you know, and it's like, they can't really be scared is the point I'm trying to make, because I think they're honestly saying enough is enough. And it kind of like reminds me of, you know, I've only interacted with this a couple times. Um, but it also brings up a documentary once about a basketball player in Iran and it was so interesting because the men sat on one side of the court and the women sat on the other. And the women were just generally curious about like everyday life in America, but they had to hide everything or they could be potentially be, you know, like beaten or put in jail for just being curious, like a normal everyday thing, you know. And you're looking at, you know, these murders as the government literally shooting into protests, you know, and as a result of it, too, another thing that's happened within the last hour is the Iranian government now is going into different Kurdish villages, different Kurdish citizens, cities, blowing them up, all right, shutting off the power, going in, shooting, and and just resulting in pure chaos. So right now there's been a, a crackdown in the Kurdish town of Manabab. Now, Kurd, Kurds, you know, obviously, unfortunately, don't have their own country. They're considered nomadic people. There's probably roughly about 24 million in the whole world that are scattered out of multiple countries within the Middle East. And Iran has a Kurdish population. Um, like I was saying before, I mean, a mom, she was actually Kurdish. So it's kind of going into it now. And a lot of these protests are being spawned by it. But there's several images of just military crackdown within within these areas. And, you know, you want to talk about human rights violations. I mean, there's not even anything 
that are being done in the Democratic Party of the Iranian Kurdish has been, you know, targeted. I mean, you have missile drone strikes. You have them literally going in and striking civilians, okay? Because there's considered to be around 10 million Kurds that actually live in Iran. Um, And the Kurdish people are really interesting, you know, studying them before and looking at kind of what they were able to do in... I mean, that's actually a protest that come up that's coming to the crackdown on Iran is Kurds can fight. I mean, the Kurdish women are tough. And that was really seen within Iran as well. So I really think that this case is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in Iran. And we really need to be mindful of it because, you know, this, I mean, could completely change how or what is going on in Iran. You know, and it might not be the end of it. You know, you're you're having impacts of the culture. You're having impacts on women and a big indicator. You know, you're having impacts on sports. You're looking at the soccer club. I mean, this isn't over yet and it's really just beginning. Okay, and it's all starting with the hijab, being told how to wear your clothes, how to be presented within public and how there's a modest police set up to dictate that. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. My intention was to inform you the best I could on this topic because I feel like it's one that is important and relevant in our current day and age. And we need to be aware of what's going on with this world and is in human rights. I mean, it's really tragic what this case is doing, but you know, the Iranian people have a strong spirit and they're going to continue to keep fighting. Thank you for listening tonight and we'll talk with you tomorrow. And I'm going to leave you with a recording. Police firing in the streets, women cutting their hair, burning hijabs in rage, students' demonstrations. People have taken to the streets across Iran, angry at the government after a woman died while in police custody. The BBC has been tracking and analysing hundreds of videos, mapping the unprecedented spread of this protest movement. The Iranian government has tried to shut down internet access.